Another week has gone by, and we're back again, podcast number four. Townsend, are you there? I am here and ready to roll. We are in new digs. See, this has taken off. It has skyrocketed. All of you <laughs> listening, we are in a new location. We have a, a, a studio of sorts, I guess. It's In fact, we're even recording on a new computer. I'm telling you, the sky's the limit. So if something sounds different, it's because we're in a new spot, and I'm even having to sit in a funny way. I can't even see my own my own co-host. So we're just yeah, talking we're to hidden one from each other now, so yeah. we can kind of make faces at each other. Well, and yeah, one won't if I even really know. if I really disagree with you, I can just make all sorts of oh, faces. Oh yeah, and you'll never even know it. But anyway, it's week four of our podcast adventure. I look forward to the time I'm sitting here saying it's week 40, but until we get to that point, right now we're at week four, and believe it or not, some of the states around town, or around town, that makes a lot of sense, but some of the states are about to ease off of their self-isolation. What do you think? Oh, I'm a little nervous, I'll have to admit, but hey, I mean, I realize life has got to go on. I just hope that we all be smart about it yeah it's kind of it's kind of nerve-wracking when you're not sure you know how I, I i'm kind of figuring that the normal we left back at the beginning of the mar of march is kind of gone that normal's over with i suppose so we'll learn a new normal and that's fine but in the midst of all that you know i don't think we just all rush back into elbow to elbow in no, restaurants some of those memes we see on facebook and they make the comment you know what parts of normal should we go back to right, and right. so i think now's a great time to employ some of those new year's resolutions if you haven't and you know make some changes and stick with some of the new normalcy yeah, it's not that, such a bad thing you know every time something like this happens one of the things i think to myself is i want to learn whatever it is that God has for me to learn in the midst of any sort of circumstance. So because I'm afraid, not that this is how God doesn't work with, you know, well, you didn't learn it, so let me punish you. Uh, Sometimes it's you didn't learn it, so let's have the lesson again. But (laughs) That's for me every time, I think. I don't want this lesson ever, ever, ever again. Me either. So I want to learn everything. I'm, I'm In my own home and life, I'm pretty comfortable in recognizing that one of the lessons I needed to learn was the importance of cherishing the people in my life and specifically cherishing the fact that I can be in their physical presence. You know, this whole isolation thing in the beginning is a little like an extended vacation. And then at the end of it, it teaches me that I could not handle prison life because not at all. The lockdown is, oh my Lord. No, I am too much of a people person. And then just this week I've experienced my grandfather has gotten sick and been admitted to the hospital and he's by himself. He, you know, he has pneumonia and he's older and no one's been able to be there with him. No one was even able to ride to the hospital with him. And so, you know, it was so convenient to sit in my desk or on my couch and watch everyone else go through it and think, "Mm, it's not so bad. But then when it hit close to home, I realize just how big of a deal this is. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange days for sure. Uh, between the last time I was here with you, I have officiated my first COVID-19. Well, I was a part of officiating my first COVID-19 funeral. And so that was very different, just not being able to be around people and love on them in the same way. But, you know, we're going to get through it. It's almost not, not over with. I guess that disease is going to be around forever, but... Uh, some of the extreme responses are almost over with. And so I, I kind of look forward to being around people. But, you know, another thing is I, I kind of find that I feel a little 
discomfort as far as again i think we may have i may have mentioned this already but somebody coughs and you kind of look real fast like oh you know hey <laughs> yes. what kind of cooties do you have sir you know you or or you if you are in public and you feel like you have to cough you 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 swallow it down as hard as you can because you don't want somebody to think that about you yes i'm exactly. really looking forward to when that is over with so me too uh, anyhow covid is not not a part of our discussion today in fact as a matter of fact keeping that six foot separation in fact i got a monitor in front of me this time i can't even I, the only reason i know you're there is because i can hear you breathing but that's right we got our we got our quarantine distance we got our germex on hand and we got a topic we want to discuss last week we talked about the importance of parents and you know i really thinking back on it you can take that as far as parenting and put it anywhere you'd like in discipleship as we're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ, and the way that we can be a part of that process is by doing what Jesus tells us to do, and people can see that and then imitate that. I mentioned Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yes, you do not have to have kids for that to be applied no, to your no, life. No, no, but an- another part of that, and was implied in the question that this, that this uh, listener asked, but is also equally applicable to all of us every day, is ha- what is the different part that we're raising children to or that we're raising up disciples to? How? What exactly is it uh, that is different about the Christian life or about the life of a, of a disciple of Jesus Christ? And, and you know, from, from this listener's point of view, it was raising a child to understand that and what are those things that, that I'm supposed to be raising them toward, these different things yes. that the Bible calls us uh, to. But that's for every single person, not just a parent or not just a child. So sort of our topic today is what exactly are we supposed to be training ourselves in or what, what's different about a disciple of Jesus versus somebody that's not, you know? And I, I hesitate to overuse a word like somebody that's just a, a member of society because Christians are members of society. But when you think about yourself, Townsend, what do you think, I mean, as a, as a Christian, what do you think is different about you? Well, you know, that is really a scary topic um, for me because my understanding of my role has changed so much in the last several years. You guys will hear me talk about how much I've been able to overcome, whether it be my temper, my attitude, my thought process, just the whole nine yards by the Lord working on my heart. But the difference in me now versus, you know, I was a Christian, but I didn't gather exactly what was being said to me. And, you know, I need to stress this on the front end that I don't think every single person is of the same maturity level in their faith. So what God is calling you to do along each step of the way is definitely different. So the way I look to a person, they may can establish that I'm a Christian and then the next person beside me may also be able to be established as a Christian, but we're both on two different levels. So that's the first part. But what's different about me is just the overall um, way that I conduct myself in my daily routine. That would be the level of patience that I have. That would be the level of kindness that I show. That would be the the words that come out of my mouth. Are they a reflection of something dark or are they a reflection of the light, you know, Christ in me? Um, Overall, you should just be able to look at my life and the fruit that I produce and see Jesus in that. Right. I I actually, I hear in the first part of what you said is sort of a, a reminder for me 
that not all Christians are carbon copy the same. You, yes. you, you mentioned that you know you're at one, you might be in one spot and somebody else is in another spot, right? So I definitely think that is a super important thing to remember is that you know none of this is saying, well, you're not a Christian if you're not to this point. Exactly. It's, well, I encounter a lot of people my age. I'm I'm kind of middle of the road as far as my age. And I encounter a lot of people that are along the same age of, as me that think they aren't as good of a Christian as me. And then I have the same scenario on the flip side. People think, you know, here you are claiming to be this Christian and you still said a cuss word yesterday, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you get both directions. But I, I just want to make sure that we don't go down the road of someone thinking that, A, you can't get to where someone else is in your walk with Christ, but B, your walk with Christ is your walk with Christ, not someone else's. And so your level of different and what is different about your life, it should be similar in the reflection, but each reflection is going to be somewhat different. Right. So uh, I'm going to give my caveat that I gave last week. For those of you who listened last week, thank you so much for being a part of our audience. But you heard me say then, I'm going to say now, all of this kind of summarized together is a topic that I could probably talk on way longer than you want to listen. I I have um, some education time in this topic, and I mentioned last time about a worldview. And so I want to begin sort of, and Townsend has such a pure viewpoint of this without all of the, well, here's the fancy school word for that, or here's the <laughs> blah, 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 you know, and I love that part of having her here with me, but the, the vast number of people that need that need to hear what the difference is between a Christian and someone who is not, the fact that so many Christians need to hear that is is a burden to me because it's, again, a place that I feel like the church has failed to teach what the church was told to teach. So number one, and I want Townsend, you to tell me how comfortable you are recognizing this to be true. Number one, the thing that's different about disciples, about children being taught to live the life of a disciple, the number one thing is what you say or what you do with the Bible. Yes, that's... Let's, that's, Ooh. I mean, that's it, right? I, in fact, I would say that every other thing comes out of the answer to that first thing. What do yes. you say about the Bible, right? So I'll give you an example. In Psalm 119 and verse 105, I, a lot of people have heard this. Your word, that, that would be for us the Bible, your word or what God says, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I like that verse because David is saying, not only does God's word illuminate where I am, and that's when he says, your word is a lamp to my feet, that's where I am, but it's a light to my path. It's the where thing that reveals, yes, yes, it's revealing where I should go. Yes. But have you, are you old enough to have ever traveled with a paper map? Yes, actually. Oh, okay, thank yes. the Lord. Okay, so have you ever read the map and it was telling you where to go? Did you think... I don't think this map is telling me the correct information. Yes. Okay, so you just hit on something that my mind was already going toward. I have always been known my whole entire life of being able to kind of um, finagle my way through conversations and just read into things and, and kind of read between the lines and get what I need to get from it or get what I think I need to get from it. And so that being said, in my earlier 
Christian walk, I tend to read what I want to read and not dive into the scripture. And so that was the case so often. When I was a younger Christian and I was in the Word, I was not in the Word. I would look at that map and be like, eh, that applies to me. No, right. that doesn't. Yeah. You know, same thing you're talking about the map. Yes, so many times I'm like, this doesn't look right. This isn't where we need to be. And I even argue with my phone now for that matter. Right. And, you know, and uh, so t- just, I mean, it's not humorous if it happens to you, but I've seen articles before where people are like, the Jeep, they're in, on the flip of it they are trusting their gps so much that it says turn left now and they turn left into a lake or something yes. I mean, <laughs> so i get i get that this metaphor like all metaphors falls apart when you push too hard but even when we question the map the map's still telling me where to go right i mean yes. if i'm if i'm looking around i'm thinking well i don't i don't know that i'm in the spot this thing says it is but as long as as long as the map is written correctly if i follow those directions i'm going to get where i wanted to go and the same is true when we look at the Bible. It may say something to me that in the moment or in my circumstance, I think, nah, that can't be right. In fact, I'll give you a perfect example. The instructions that Jesus gives about handling disagreements, where he says you go to the person in private, and if they don't respond, you go take somebody with you. And if they don't, I have tried to apply that in my life on multiple occasions where it seems like it's kind of bit me in the rump. Backfire, big yes. time. Yeah. And so I, I look at that sometimes and I'm like, eh, that might not, I mean, is that right? Are you know, you 100% sure on that one? But every time the Bible is right, every time the Bible is correct. And I think what's so important to realize about the Bible is, is the the creator of the word sees the big picture and we do not. Right. And so um, a lady that I barrel race with who I just think is a phenomenal woman, she is just the epitome of what a Christian lady is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. She gave her testimony uh, one weekend at a barrel race, and she told a story about her and her dog about to cross the road and she could see things her dog couldn't see and she was trying her best you know to get that dog to come back to her to pay attention to her to listen to what she was saying you know and that dog had no idea and when she broke it down and and it just made me realize god is constantly trying to tell me things through his word through prayer through calling out on his wisdom that i don't listen to because i cannot see the big picture and i think so often that's what people do with scripture they cannot see the full picture of it. Right. But we want to think we do, right? Oh, we, yeah. We want to I don't think, think that we it, have all I don't think people realize, including me. I mean, sure. I don't even sure. realize when I block that out. Well, and even, and I, I don't I don't ever want to have one of these times with you where it's like, let's talk about this tragic virus on the planet. But even, even saying that, I'll use it as an example. The number of people who have become, through Facebook, like viral doctor you know they're all experts everybody knows or everybody knows somebody who is a five-star general who has the ear of the president and just wants you to know that in the next 20 minutes the national guard is going to come lock down the entire state or something i mean the, the things that i've seen shared on social media and i think how do you possibly know that and it's because we like the feeling of knowing but sometimes we don't like doing the work it takes to know. It's just what we said last week. Sometimes you're getting your information from a source that's so unknown 
you have no idea if it's coming from a legit source. It's why it's so important going back to Scripture. And, you know, we talked about worldview and how we know the Bible is right. legit. And so I'm assuming you're going to touch on that a little bit today, too. Well, I'm, I I'm a, I'm, 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 you had to suffer through it so that I could finish school. And <laughs> that, that's why I know that God has decided you and your husband and family are, are destined for sainthood. But... <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody, but yes, it's important that we realize uh, not only does it matter, I, I would say at the very top, what you do with the Bible and what you say about it. Is it actually an authority? Is it the, capital T, capital H, capital E, is it the authority for all things related to life? Or is it just another self-help book? I mean, you have to answer that question. That is your If you're a parent teaching a child... If you're an adult learning to live the adult's life, if you're a teenager, you know, it doesn't matter at what stage of life. That, how it is lived out is different, but what you say about it is unchanged as far as the importance to confess to yourself, this really is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the absolute truth. And that is historically and through all this textual criticism and stuff that people may not have any interest in, you can verify, um, not not to the point that you remove faith, don't get me wrong, but you can verify the accuracy, the truth, and the reliability of the Bible beyond the shadow of any doubt. Oh, yeah. And, and even going through that, you know, I had so many factual-based opinions about the Bible prior to learning a lot that I learned from you, but... Having said that, gave me so much more confidence going into it, sharing it, because I had a firm foundation to stand on with my proof. Right. And so I think that's so important, too. And like you said, the church has failed in making its people realize just how it's still applicable to our lives today. Yeah, so here's what I think is, and I, and I don't, again, I never am going to be offensive on purpose, but when, when we ask questions like, okay, so what am I supposed to be teaching my child? Or, okay, so what am I supposed to be studying or learning myself as a disciple? I think a lot of times that question built into it is, what's the one lesson or one thing I have to do to have done everything? Right? Oh, yeah. what, what's like the... What's the, we're, I, I am the same way. What's the five-step process to perfection? You know, yes, what, what, it's kind of like the diet thing. Yes, what yes. pill can I take? And what, yeah, what pill can I take? Or what one, one food item, you know, can I cut yes. out that I will lose all the weight and look like all these famous, fabulous people, I guess. And to be fair, I was that way for, I mean, and still on some well, occasions find myself in that same category think, with scripture. I, I mean, I do. Are, yeah, I think a lot of people are that way, but... In truth, there is no such thing as a quick fix to life. There's no, and and that's, I am a pastor telling you, I know that it has been done before. In fact, I, where I grew up, there used to be a, a, a commercial on the radio where this pastor, I don't know what he was talking about. I was young, but I just remember Jesus is a habit breaker. I remember, you know, that over and over and over. And it was like this gentleman was presenting Jesus Christ as a pill to swallow to solve all of your problems. Oh, yeah. That isn't what Jesus is, not, not in that way. So this idea that when I ask the question, what should I be teaching, or, or let's make that personal, what should I be learning it's not a one thing, learn this, and everything else is fine. Right. It's a, it's a learn this. You'll be done learning it 
when you die and meet him in heaven. Yes, learn it every day. And it's the discipline. I mean, I can feel myself slack off just a little bit and not, and, and you know, we go back to scripture, your phones, and I'm throwing this in there. Right. I like my Bible in my hand. I like drawing and writing notes in my Bible, but you have such access to the word in your hand yeah. that in any given circumstance, you can literally say, Siri, what does the Bible say about blank? And you can start getting answers. Now, sure. you do have to be careful there. Right. But we have so much more at our fingertips now. And so there's no reason that we can't apply the Bible in every situation because we can look it up in layman's terms like right. that. But now there is one thing you have to be careful of. And that, and you, you said it already where you have to be careful, you know, just because you read the headline doesn't mean you know the article. And, exactly. And just because you read the article doesn't mean you were intelligent enough to write it. You know, the internet has created a lot of armchair geniuses yes. who think because they got really good skills at Googling that they are experts in any field. And I, I, I wish that were true sometimes. You know, I wish I could just watch a YouTube video about playing the guitar and then be able to play one. But that's not how that works. And anybody out there that plays a guitar knows that it doesn't just happen. You had to work. You had to practice. You had to go at it, you know. And I love to initiate my thought process with my phone right. because that starts my brain thinking in the terms of, okay, this is what God's asking, and then start digging further into exactly what he's called to do. Where does that tree branch out to? What yeah. exactly does this mean? And so that's why I say your curiosity can start there, and then the discipline is what puts all of that to action. And that's probably a really, really good piece of advice that... that your technology access is the starting point, but it's not, you know, one or two searches, one or two articles that, let's be honest, probably agree already with what you were thinking, and then poof, you're happy exactly. with what you've done. That's a lot of prayer and a lot of scripture reading right. and a lot of discussion with someone who knows more about the topic than me, usually, and that leads to where your thought ends up. Yeah, and so th that's another Bible verse that I want to share because it... it it goes even further answering this question about what sh what what is different, and I'm I'm going to stand on the fact that how you treat how you view the Bible is what is ultimately different. When Paul was writing his second letter to Timothy in chapter three, sixteen and seventeen, so Second Timothy three verses sixteen and seventeen, which where Paul famously wrote all Scripture, so the whole of the Bible. Now I understand any any Bible scholars out there. I understand that he's not making reference in that moment to what we would call the New Testament yes. because the New Testament isn't existing in that way, but. The Holy Spirit and the power of God is referring to all of it for us today when Paul says all scripture is breathed out by God and it is profitable, means it is good for multiple things, teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God would be competent and equipped for every good work. Yes. The Bible, he doesn't say... Um, Anything else? I'm trying to think of something goofy, but, you know, the truth is all these other things that we try to make ourselves have a, a good life, uh, a well-trained life, I mean, there are disciplines aplenty, and they all have positive things. I, I personally have been trying the discipline of, of diet and exercise since the 1st of August last year, and it has, you know, there are results, but that doesn't make me long-term happy. That doesn't long-term, and I'm talking eternity long-term, change my standing with Jesus Christ. The only thing that does that is the truth that is revealed to me 
in the Bible and the instructions therein. And I worry that we, we approach this truth that we as Christians, we are different because of what the Bible tells us about Jesus and about ourselves. I worry that we have the Burger King approach to that. Have it your way. You are so right. And I was just about to add in that I have come to the conclusion from working with children and the public and just overall life in general in my short years that I have lived that nobody wants simplicity when it comes down to it. We either want one thing or we want to turn it into a complicated mess of obstacles that we have to go through. And the Bible in itself, like you've said, it's it's not a complex thing. Salvation is not a complex thing. And we as a society turn this into a bigger ordeal than it truly has to be. We we try to turn the scripture into say more than it really says or less than it really says. And so the way you look at the Bible, and this is totally kind of gotten off topic a little bit and more onto what scripture is and how we apply it. But I think, like you said, it's so important that people realize that in moving forward and how to be different is you have to fill your brain with what different really is first. Right. Well, so, yes. And I, my, my sort of leaning is that when you decide what you say about the Bible, then you're learning what's different about you. Yes. Right? So I know that people want to use the Bible sometimes as a brick to beat their point of view into the world, but there's nowhere in the Bible that that's taught, that that's instructed, that, you know, when they don't listen, you just keep smacking them around with your leather-wrapped book until they finally consent and say, okay, okay, okay. You know, Jesus, in fact, said, tell them the truth. If they don't receive it, knock the dust off your shoes and go to the next house. Exactly. Right? Yes. So we're not supposed to be, cram- you know, I, I know that the idea is I'm just going to cram the Bible down somebody's throat. You know, oh, the preacher wants to come over. He probably, what did you do? You know, something like that. But the, what I say about the Bible ultimately then reveals what is it that's different. So you have every hot button topic that's related to Christianity, like all Christians hate gay people. Well, I don't hate a single person on this planet. No, exactly. So where that comes from is that I'm going to turn the Bible into a brick mentality, right? So yes. everybody, oh, here we go, do de do do getting somebody angry, I guess. But everybody, all oh, the book of Leviticus says that homosexuality is an abomination. I know that. It also says that you're not supposed to wear fabrics uh, with mixed materials. It says you're not supposed to eat shellfish. It says you're not supposed to tattoo. I take every one of those out of context and try to make them apply to the way I want to see the world. Or I can learn about Leviticus and the laws, excuse me, that are contained in there and how they related to societal laws and religious laws and all these different things and which is which. But that takes effort, right? I got to I have to work at learning that. And it takes time. Yes. That's another thing that society is so impatient. And let me tell you, I am one of the most impatient people in in the world. Um, preacher man can tell you, when I start asking him questions, I want to find the answer out right then. <laughs> and I want to put it to work right then. I'm ready to put my shoes on and go out the door. And so I am right there with you on the impatient side. But that stuff takes time. And to gain a true understanding, it takes time. Right, right. And. You, let's be honest. Do we often want to put the time in when we have questions, or do we just want to learn the answer? We just want answers. Right. I, ju- I just need 
the double cheeseburger passed through the Instant window. Instant gratification Do not right tell me, now. I don't want the story of how the cow grew up in the field and what it took to butcher. You know, I don't want to know that stuff. But we miss so much of what God is trying to deliver to us when we just want someone to tell me what to think. Yes. Right? And that's that's another thing I think that's different is when we encourage our children, when we encourage one another to ask questions, right? I I think sometimes the, the, the church, capital C Church, is afraid of not immediately knowing the answer. And because of that fear, they decided, let's just tell everybody what to think and then move on very quickly. Right? Yes. So one that pops to my head every time is the problem of evil. The, the idea that God is all loving and yet evil exists and all the questions philosophically that surround that answering that is so consuming of your time and your mental abilities and it takes so much reading to even come to your own personal understanding that's beyond that snap judgment oh well then god's not there yes and then if you're if you're trying to answer that on multiple levels you're dealing with people of different ages your answer varies there too i mean it requires so much discipline and time to dig into those kinds of topics right and so Again, going back to this parent asking, what, what, what do I, what exactly? You teach them these things that you struggled over to learn, right? It's not, it isn't a set of step one, step two, step three, because as Townsend mentioned at the very beginning, this is a different journey for everyone. You know, yes. even, even when I talk about the problem of evil, if I'm talking about the problem of evil to someone who, uh, and I mean no disrespect, but the biggest problem they've ever had is trying to figure out what to have for dinner. Well, then their understanding of quote unquote evil is is drastically different from someone who is talking to me and just discovered that their spouse was physically harmed in an accident because somebody was looking at their telephone and they have anger and hatred in their heart. And why would God allow that to happen? And on and on. Or God help us the time that, you know, I was standing outside of a destroyed home and a man looked me in the face and said, why would God let this happen? Exactly. You know what I said? I do not know. Well, you know, just this, (laughs) just, just recently, we lost a member of our youth group to cancer and we had so many questions coming at us from the other kids, you know, how could God allow something like this to happen? Right. And so, you know, it's just unreal the level of the different walks of life that people are coming from and what their understanding of it is. And I think it's just so important moving forward of how you are to be different for everyone to realize that it's not, you know, it's just, it doesn't look exactly the same across the board. And I, I, I can't help but wonder, and so you have a more public, you know, you deal with the public and what you're, what God's asked you to do every day on top of all of the things you do uh, here at your church. But do you do you ever feel like, from your point of view, you're dealing with the public, how often do you have to make yourself think about the fact that you have no idea what they're going through? Well, every single day, that's at least 100 times a day, if I don't want to lose my patience and mouth off to someone. Like, I have people ask the craziest questions and have the most strange demands of me at work and then dealing with you know the horse side of things you have people who just are out there in left field and then you have people who are walking along the same you feel like you have a lot in common but I see so many different people in a day's time that 
I've yet to meet anyone who seems like they're going through the exact same thing as anyone else. And it just, it, that has helped me see the bigger picture. Right. You know, I, at one point in my life, I worked in a cubicle where I was at a desk, at a computer all day by myself with a couple other women in the office. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, reading the book Kisses from Katie and begging God to put me somewhere where I could see people, where I could help people. And there again, I was begging for him to stick me out there where people could see that I was different, Mm -hmm. which is then when he made me aware that I wasn't quite as different as I needed to be. But in doing so, it makes you just really take a step back and have to grasp what goes on in each person's life or, or assume that right. you can't know without talking to them, but assume that. And it, it's a sad world we live in. Well, I, I yeah. I, and I, I hate that, that that is, and I don't think that you're wrong, but uh, you know, I hate that there are so many circumstances that when they are all piled up, you, we think, ah, oh, this is a pitiful condition. But sometimes I think part of that comes from not slowing down, which I would yes. say is a positive. I know it's terror, and every death is a loved one that's lost, and this disease is terrible. But if I can look to see where good it is coming or has come, even during this experience, to to recognize the preciousness of each and every individual. Yes, and I think part of the sadness that I was just talking about was more so along the lines of people not taking the time to realize what's going on in someone else's life. Right, because we're so busy. You yes. know, all of the technology that was supposed to give us more time has actually just taken time that we devote to it. You know, if, yes. if I'm, I know I'm not unique. Uh, in realizing that, oh my goodness, I just spent three hours staring at news articles or silly pictures or whatever on the internet. You know, this we it it takes so much from us, and we then interact with people only through those things. You know, we yes, you probably have recognized that you spend more time communicating with people through text slash social media than you do face to face. On a personal level, I don't mean at work, but on a personal level, yes, you probably talk absolutely. with people with technology more than just face to face. Well, technology used long enough strips the humanity from the person I'm talking to. It absolutely does. I, I have even noticed this. You know, I'm I'm trying to be as faithful as possible to. I, I want to be in contact with everyone that that I serve as their pastor, and but to be honest. Being in contact with them in worship on the TV screen or however they're viewing it, they see me looking at them. I'm looking at a little tiny camera lens. All of that starts to change that experience in some way if I don't make myself remember that there are breathing, heart-beating individuals on the other side of that thing. That ought to control how I talk to them. That ought to control, you know, some of the things that are said, let's say, on the internet would never be said to somebody's face, right? Exactly. And, you know, our creator, 
when he was sent in the form of a man, had such a firm grasp on who every individual person was. You know, we talked about Christ would ask questions that he already knew the answers to, and that was to reveal things to us who do not have the answers. And I think it's so hard for us to realize that part of why Christ can be who he is is because he knows every single individual person and every single individual heart. Right. And if we would make that our goal and that yes. our focus as far as being different, the different would flow. Right. That is all super key, <laughs> that Jesus knows you inside and out. That is when he talks about love, when he talks about sacrifice for you, it's the good and the bad. It's the ugly because he sees all of it, and it's the beautiful that you can be. All of that put together, and he says, and Knowing it all, you're worth everything I have. And when I add to that, that he looks at his disciples and says, now you go do likewise. Yes. You go learn about people. You go love people in spite of wherever they are or whatever they're doing and lead them to me so that I can make of them what I have always desired. I mean, this is the life of the disciple. This is the different thing. This is what the Bible instructs us from cover to cover that God loves and he loves unconditionally. I mean, you mentioned asking questions. One of my favorite questions in the Bible is in the very beginning in chapter three uh, and chapter three and four. And so, you know, the, the fall of man and things have gone bad for Adam and Eve because of a choice they made. And so they hear God walking in the garden they hide and God asks, Adam, where are you? Now God knows everything. So does God know where Adam is? Oh yeah. But does Adam And he's not talking about being in a bush. God isn't asking, hey, where are you? Which bush are you hiding behind? Adam obviously knows where he is there. He's asking Adam, what have you done and where have you gone? Do you realize where your heart is now? Exactly. And that, you know, that's a question that people need to be taught to ask themselves. That's something that parents need to be instructing children. Do you know the condition of your heart? And once you learn the condition of yours, and once you make that step and give that heart to Jesus Christ, will you then learn to consider the condition of hearts around you, right? To to know that each per I remember being a child, um, we were driving. I grew up in a, in a larger city, and we were driving one night, and it was, a, I guess, six lanes total, three on the side we were on and three on the other. And my father said, look at all those headlights and brake lights out there. You know, it's just a sea of cars. It was rush hour in this city. And he said, just think, behind every pair of lights is at least one person as complicated as you are. Yes. Now, I was probably 9, 10, 11 years old, but here I am, slightly older than that now, and that I still think of that statement. You Your know? wheels start turning right. like, man, I haven't thought of that before. There is at least one person as complicated, and I'm a fairly complicated dude. I'm oh, a, I'm me a, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a long list of mistakes uh, and redemption stories, but to think that in that moment there was at least one of me in every vehicle I could see, and I could see hundreds and hundreds of vehicles. The world is a complicated... I don't know why that wanted to come out twice. It is a complicated place because it's filled with complicated people. Yes. Why do I stress that? Because complicated people require understanding. They require listening, and they require compassion so that you can help work them through their complication, you know? And God is calling out for that working out through the Bible. 
That's why I started by saying what you say about the Bible is key to what is different about you as a person of faith. Yes, because definitely. Because people without faith have an opinion about the Bible, and people with faith have varying opinions about the Bible. You know, we, we you mentioned the have it your way, you know, that I want the buddy Jesus or the buddy Christ, I think he goes by. that. You know, that thumbs up, winking at you, Jesus. is like, hey, whatever you're doing, it's perfectly okay because I died for your sins. And that, you know, makes a mockery of the cross when I start using my sin to or use the cross to excuse my sinful behavior. Oh, yeah, I'm a sinner, but Jesus loves me. You're right, and at the same time, you're kind of on the cusp of becoming wrong. Yes, and it's so sad that Christians, and we we keep, it's so funny to me that we, this is our fourth conversation together, and we go back to every time the church has failed. Over yeah. the years, the church has failed, and it and it really has in such a way that it humbles me to think, you know, I think of my past and the way I was raised and the things that I've gone through are not even a drop in the bucket compared to what some people live through and come out a fantastic Christian person who has just placed their entire faith in God and who has had to depend on God in every situation, whereas in my situation, I had great parents to depend on, great friends, great family. You know, I had a firm foundation coming up and not everyone could say that. But I say that to say this, the church as a whole has made people feel like they can't come to him as you are. Right. And so yeah. we as Christians, you know, to show that difference and to to really do what we say we believe, you know, we've talked about that. What you say you believe and what you do are sometimes two different things. Yeah. So it turns out that you may not actually believe that. Right. But it's just so important for people to realize that over the years, the church has failed as a whole. Not every church has failed. Not every pastor has failed. But the church as a whole to make sure people know exactly what's asked of them and the understanding that you just talked about. Yeah, And, you know, to be fair, that failing, in truth, it was from, you know, well-intentioned people. It's just choices over time. And I want to, you know, that's something I probably say a lot you know in fact i'll just give you an example if i say christians what's the first word that pops into your head from a society point of view normally people will reply to me and say hypocrite well yes. hold on i think we've made you know a mistake when when townsend says the church has failed because i know her i know her heart and and perhaps you're listening to this you already know this as well and i've said the same thing the church has failed we don't mean Jesus has failed. No. We don't mean God Almighty we has mean failed. We mean we as Christians. Yeah, we mean the people. You know, yes. us down here, we wanted it to be the way we wanted. We wanted that map to tell us to go somewhere we weren't supposed to go. And I've been just as much a part of that as the next person in that you have so many opportunities to have that understanding. Like we want to employ that understanding. We also, on the flip side, as Christians who have been given a bad rap, given that hypocrite name, we ask for the same understanding from the other side. And hey, you know, I don't know your heart. You don't know mine. We don't know what each other's been through. Now let's sit down and have a discussion and get to the bottom of it and figure out how we can both be different yeah. in the world together. You know, it's an interesting thing. Understanding and forgiveness are the things we always want and never want to give. Exactly. That's weird, isn't it? 
Well, you know, the timer on my little recording program says we are coming up against the self-imposed time limit that we gave ourselves because uh, we don't want to we don't want to lose track of our audience, and so we 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 want to leave you on a teaser. And what I mean by that is, if we just kept talking, you're listening to the two people who could do it until the hard drive filled up, and <laughs> you might cut it off before that's over with. So yes. we don't want to we don't ever want to bring that about. But we do want to thank you yet again for being a listener and for encouraging us. Townsend's been sharing with me some of the things folks have said to her in public. Those of you who take the time to comment through email or to get a message to us, I just want you to know on the other side of this uh, little speaker system, it is an encouragement and it is uplifting to know that you're out there and that you're enjoying this. Again, if there's something you'd like to say to us, if there's something you'd like to hear us muse about, you can always, always email us at mtpm.com podcast at gmail.com. This is Townsend and Preacher Man musing away. Looking forward to doing it for a long, long time. Townsend, tell the folks goodbye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good week until we hear from you next time. God bless you. God keep you. Do something awesome in the name of Jesus. See you next time.